0: The information in this podcast is current on the day of recording. It is general advice only and does not take a personal situation into account. It may not be suitable for you. Good morning, everybody. My name is John Addis. I'm the editor and founder of Intelligent Investor. And I have with me here again this morning, James Carlisle to talk about kitchen appliances. James, what kind of Breville products do you have in your kitchen?
1: Oh mate. <laughs> I've got a few now, You know we've only got uh, 20 minutes for this yeah. so just
0: keep it short.
1: Yeah, well the my, my favorite at the moment is the fast slow go which is the pressure cooker combined with a slow cooker. Um which is a it's a great thing. It, it, it makes my porridge overnight and it um it uh, makes all my rice and my quinoa occasionally make a curry in it. Um so very versatile. And actually it's it's a it's a good place to start with that, really, um, because it, I think, um, is a perfect example of where technology is going here and, and what technology is enabling, because, you know, even just 10 years ago, that would have had to have been at least two different appliances, uh, and they wouldn't have done nearly as good a job, um, and they wouldn't have been nearly as nice to use. And so so technology is really driving huge change in what's possible to achieve in the kitchen with a benchtop appliance and also the cost in in producing those things you probably could have produced this machine technology was probably there to produce it 20 years ago but it, it couldn't possibly have been done cost effectively and so now with with improvements in manufacturing technology and just technology and in you know and, and what you're able to do on a on a pcb and with the chip the chips that go into these things you wouldn't hmm. have thought of putting that that many chips into a a kitchen appliance ten years ago. You know, so so there's a real tech wave, I think, which they're which they're riding.
0: It seems strange, I think, when we were talking about this list of ten top growth businesses. Some members might be surprised that what looks like a very intensive manufacturing business will get on this kind of list. What what is different about Breville that allows us to call it one of Australia's best growth businesses? What are the core cool things it does? Differently?
1: Well, the first thing is that it's it's not a manufacturing business. So, the manufacturing is so it, it's a manufacturing business in just the same way that Apple is a manufacturing business. Good
0: parallel.
1: Um, you know, so, well, <laughs> it's a little bit flattering to Breville, to be fair. <laughs> Similar but concept, it's, though. It's true. Yeah, like, you it's, do a the design, yeah, it's a design and marketing company. And, and that's what it does. And uh, the chief executive has been quite clear. About this idea, which he says that successful um, uh, consumer product companies around the world spend, he reckons, 12% of sales on on a combination of of marketing and and design and development, and the 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 actual components of that. Some, something like a Dyson might spend uh, most of that on the design and development, not so much on on marketing. Something like a, a TFAL Uh, might spend more at the uh, marketing end and less on the design, but that's the kind of balance. And and so that's the important thing to remember is that these are design and marketing businesses. Those are the two things they do. They make great products and they sell them. And that's not not a million miles away from what Apple does either. Um, Apple's probably the <laughs> top of the tree, and Apple's riding that wave of what's possible to achieve with a, with a laptop, or what's possible to achieve with a with a handheld phone. Um, and Breville, in, in a in a small little way of its own, is is riding, I think, also the technological wave on what's possible to achieve with you know uh, an air fryer or, or a, you know or a pressure cooker um, on your bench top
0: yeah it does seem that they're quite innovative in a way that that many companies aren't they're they're coming up with devices that you just wouldn't really imagine and I think when I think you wrote this in one of your past reviews James you were talking about their coffee their coffee machines which for the price i think are exceptionally good value for money their grinders are just fantastic and they're a third or a quarter of the price of what you might pay for a for a good Italian grinder of a, an equivalent nature. But they're doing some interesting stuff as well. So they have um, you know, a platform where if you've bought a Breville coffee machine, you can go on to beans.com and order your beans and they've aggregated all of the fresh bean roasters in individual countries. And they, they click the ticket on that. So there's a kind of innovation there that you wouldn't really expect from a company that looks as though it manufactures devices but actually doesn't it's quite innovative isn't it
1: that's right and that's what they're talking about a lot at the moment at these what they um, describe as platforms so they have a platform for selling coffee beans they have a platform also for teaching you how to make a good coffee Um, and 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 those sorts of things a platform for people to share recipes Uh, but it's also a platform for selling stuff and you know, in researching this company, and, and <laughs> to be truthful, as a customer, oh, I I, uh, I yeah, I, I get a lot of emails from them. There, <laughs> and, you know, I would switch them off, but but uh, I'm interested in the company as an investment as much as anything. So uh, so I keep them going. And the other day, I um, I got an email with a whole range of their um, kitchen equipment. So they started doing a lot of their um, equipment in, in different colors, quite nice. They look mm-hmm. a bit like the sort of Smeg range, if you know what I mean by yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, sort of retro. T- slightly retro, um, ceramic-y style sort of coatings, powder coatings. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I got an email with with um, a bunch of appliances, uh, you know, toasters and kettles and, and the like, um, in, in a sort of Aboriginal sort of design, you know, sort of Aboriginal art design sort of, browns and you know some sort of uh we all know what it, what it sort of looks like but um you know it's a bit of a fad and i can't bear this <laughs> i couldn't imagine having something like that. i think uh, my wife would would not appreciate it on the kitchen bench top. you know much as we're fans of aboriginal art but it just shows what the, the that platform that design and manufacturing platform again you couldn't just switch a manufacturing um uh, line a product uh, you know production line over to to do a different sort of design uh Mm -hmm. 20 years ago now you now you can flick a switch um, and suddenly you know you've got a different color coming off you've got a different design print on the appliance and they can put some marketing around that and so they they've sort of developed a platform for for selling stuff for marketing stuff and this goes back to to this idea that um, that you got you know, you got your twelve percent, and you, you share that out between your design and your marketing. But you build these platforms, uh, which which enable you to roll out products very quickly. The platform involves the sort of back end uh, mechanics of a website, and 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 all that sort of stuff, and the manuals and uh, and service and all that, so that you can you can then roll into a new territory just almost by flicking a switch maybe getting a translator to translate some, you know, some, mm-hmm. some product manuals. And, uh, but 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 the sort of guts of it is there. And, you know, it used to be a few years ago, it was a, a, a major business to, to go into a new territory. Now they, they do it um, very... It's quite straightforward. Uh, yeah, quite straightforward, yeah. Career, I think, is next on the list. So that'll be an interesting one. To watch.
0: The company has been quite successful in growing revenue over the past four or five years. There seem to be a a switch probably 67 years ago when the new CEO came on board what 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 has he done differently that has accelerated growth in this company
1: well it's 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 I think mainly that switch to to um, increase so they were running at um, I think more like eight percent total sales uh, marketing and um, and design and he's boosted that up to closer to the 12 percent um, he's also brought the sales back from, so the go to market, um, as it's known, it was, was through distributors in Europe and he's brought that back, um, to a direct selling model in Europe, which is, which has improved sales, uh, greatly there. And really that enables the platform thing a lot better. So he's, it's, it's just good management. Essentially it's, it's this recognition that the company has to keep its, uh, keep, keep everything going in, in a, in a design and marketing term um, and also that it wants to have control over its selling
0: yeah yeah and that that does go back to the the importance of brand in this business if you if you are investing in an innovative attractive product range and you're investing 11 or 12 percent of revenue into r&d and Eventually, that does show up in customers thinking, well, I'm just going to buy Breville because I can trust that brand. Do you, do you think Breville's at that point now?
1: It's very close to it. It's very close to it with me. It was. It's a funny thing, actually. Oh, it's definitely
0: made it with you, I think.
1: <laughs> well, except that I broke ranks the other day. Um, I'll tell you the story, actually, because it's interesting. and yeah. in it. it makes another point about this business, which is that because... Um, there's so much growth for everybody and they're sort of building their own market through design development. Air fryers were barely a thing five years ago. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. even know what they were. And I think it's the case, I think I read somewhere the other day that 40% of American households now have an air fryer. Yeah, it, it's a, to go from nothing to to that in a few years. It's been helped by COVID as well. You know, mm-hmm. people li- like to make their chips at home, but but the air fryer can it makes a fabulous roast chicken. Uh, I'll come to that. But anyway, so so the point is that in these growth markets, when people are marketing, it, the marketing isn't it's not like the car market, which is the you know where everyone pours money into marketing, but they're really just trying to take market share from each other. The overall market's actually growing very slowly. This is a sort of market where, if one company does a bit of marketing, you know, for an air fryer, for example, then it actually supports sales of everybody else of air mm-hmm. fryers generally. And it, so I, uh, I was watching MasterChef the other night. I don't, I don't know whether you were, whether you watch it or whether you. I'm not um, watching this they-
0: season. But you I know,
1: probably- it's of good. I'm, I'm enjoying the season. But anyway, they had a, a, a segment. It's all about selling. It's all about product product placement. It's actually quite funny to watch, just in terms of the product placement.
0: It's totally um, blatant.
1: Yeah, it's just a, yeah, that's right. But but they did a whole a whole show on air fryers, and they had to do their best air fryer meal. And the air fryer they were using was actually a fowl. Um, air fryer and mm. i've been thinking because we our, our, our oven's been getting a bit over over packed it's we, we had a we had a bad experience with a roast chicken the other day because we had too much in the oven and it didn't cook evenly so we were thinking in terms of getting some kind of something on the bench top to just sort of as a bit of added oven capacity yeah um and i just hadn't quite realized how um the air fryer was so versatile actually you do a roast chicken in there um, and you can do obviously roast vegetables and all the chips and all those sorts of things. Uh, and, and actually, you can make stews and casseroles. I mean, it is pretty much. It, it's basically just a souped-up fan forced oven. That's what an air fryer is, really. Anyway, so i had been. It, it wasn't a complete impulse purchase. Is what I'm trying to say. I'm defending myself here. Anyway, very next day I went out and bought one, but it wasn't the the t I did a bit of research, and it wasn't the Breville either. Unfortunately, the Breville couldn't put it in the in the washing machine in the dishwasher. So they they need to they need to go back to the drawing board with that one do a bit more design and yeah. development but but the the Philips um, is the it seems to be the top of the range it's the biggest you can fit the biggest chicken in there and uh, seems to, seems to review very well um, everything went in the dishwasher. Um, and so Phillips got, uh, bought, bought, myself the Philips FRA, but it's just an example of how the marketing everyone's, you know, this is such a, the, the, it, it's a, it's a growth market that they're in because technology is mm-hmm. enabling mm-hmm. it and everybody's marketing dollars go to, obviously they go to supporting their own brands, but they also develop the market Build for everybody niche. else. There's and a big educational
0: the- component to the product research. If everybody comes out with the same kind of new product, then that pushes the whole product along as a category. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, do you think there's a limit on the number of devices we can actually have in our kitchens? I, I mean, I, I don't know where I'd store all this stuff if I a fryer. Where would I put it? <laughs> well, that's true, and that's out why the garage.
1: Uh, yeah, you you need to have a special cover for it all. I mean, uh, that is a that is a point. I was actually thinking about that this morning when I was uh, just sort of trying to think about what I was going to say. Um, and and that's right. I was, you know, twenty years ago, I thought I was going to say you might only have two or three things: a kettle and a toaster and a blender. Yeah. Um, and how many are you going to have in 20 years' time? I, I, it's hard to imagine you'd have more than you know, half a dozen or seven or eight because where are you going to put them all? But Mm -hmm. I suppose that's the advantage in, um, you know, in the fast, slow go, this thing, um, which is a
0: pressure cooker and and, and, and and it's a rice cooker and 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 a pressure
1: cooker and a slow cooker, yeah. Um, and yeah. also, Breville make this um, air fr- they make a smart oven. They call it the Joule Smart Oven, mm-hmm. um, which which is a, a, an air fryer as well as an oven as well as a grill. You know, it's bloody huge though. But um, <laughs> so you need a lot of benchtop. So the technology can work in in a bunch of ways. I suppose everybody will just have their favourites. But I mean, the last pressure cooker I bought, which was pretty similar to the one I, I just bought last year reason I bought the one last year is because it has a stainless steel thing. You can put it in the dishwasher again. (laughs) And, um, you know, my previous pressure cooker was only three or four years ago. And so, I mean, it's a bit like mobile phones, isn't it? I remember someone saying, um, you know, at the end of the 90s, some broker predicting that people would upgrade their phone every two years. And and we were all laughing in the office. It seemed ridiculous. Mm. Um, but uh, I think that when technology is moving along, so you, you you know you get so many things on your bench top, but the frequency of of purchasing and that creates um, demand as well.
0: Yeah, that's right. So we upgraded this stock at around twenty five dollars in mid April. It's now down below eighteen. I think I said it? it's about seventeen fifty. Yeah, it's so it's, it's sold fallen and, a fair way yeah, since we upgraded yeah. it. You, well, you must be getting quite excited about this now.
1: I am. Yeah. No. <laughs> little bit nervous it's funny when the, market, <laughs> when the market's sort of telling you these things the market's um, very concerned about the u.s consumer i think yeah. Um, yeah retailers have been having a pretty hard time over there about half of the company's sales are in the u.s so yeah.
0: um and the lockdowns yeah. in china i imagine yeah,
1: that's where they do all their manufacturing mm. it's down in shenzhen i think which is near hong kong so it's been it had a bit of a it was it had a week odd lockdown february i think and but mm-hmm. it it missed out on the whole shanghai thing but um but look that's a risk but it's a short term risk you know um and they've been deliberately building um inventory in order to sort of to to cope with that but i suppose if um everyone's worried that then they get lumped with a lot of this inventory if there's a consumer downturn in the us but um the point the point the company makes is that inventory is not a bad thing for them this is not a seasonal product you know they can sit on an on an air fryer for a, for a couple of years and prices are actually going up so they can build an air fryer and and sell it for uh, you know a couple hundred dollars this year if they have to hold on to it till next year they might sell it for 220 you know so mm-hmm. it's inventory is not such a terrible thing for, for this sort of company it's a terrible thing if you're you know a retailer a fashion retailer and you've got your summer gear and no one wants to buy it but uh, but not such a problem for Breville. So I think that there are the market's got some short-term concerns, um, which have definitely increased since we upgraded it. But, you know, we, we like to take the longer-term view of things. And um, I think, uh, you know, this is a company that's in a very good position to grow.
0: So you're recommending that, that members buy in parcels because of those things? You'd expect that these concerns around, you know, manufacturing in China and stuff being stuck on container ships outside los angeles and uh, the, the the concerns over us consumers particularly worried about inflation and rates going up these are short-term issues that you'd expect to come out in the wash over the years if you're buying this for a long term then it looks like a good opportunity right now but you suggest buying in parcels which was good yeah, advice always. back in april <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> <Everything right>. down. <laughs> Every,
1: i always advise buying th- buying things in parcels um but that's i mean it it, ma- it makes sense because you know, if nothing changes, then a stock that was a good buy at twenty-five dollars is a better buy at twenty dollars. So you'd want to have a little bit more in it. So, you know, when the, the when we upgrade something, it, that's the point at which we think you know there's now a, a comfortable margin of safety. We think there's attractive value. It's it's something that's worth holding. And it's worth putting in your portfolio. Um, but that doesn't, you know, if it gets cheaper from there without things changing significantly, and I don't think they've changed. Greatly since we upgraded it, people's fears about the next year or two have changed, but but I don't think that changes the overall picture particularly. But you know, at at, at below twenty dollars, I do think it's a better opportunity. I own the stock myself, so I mean, I'm a good example. I bought some at twenty five dollars, and I've topped it up at about twenty one and. Geez, if I could find some uh, some more money, I might top it up again. But um, I mean, you I'm s- not meaning sell
0: some of those kitchen appliances, James. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: maybe, maybe get on eBay. But um, I mean, I'm not meaning to sound too too bullish about it. But but the point is that averaging down has has slightly poor connotations. But uh, it sounds like you're obsessed with your purchase price, if you see what I mean. But but the point is that uh, that that all else equal, you know, something's a better opportunity if the price is cheaper. So you know, it makes sense to have a, a little more in it if you're comfortable. subject to the maximum weighting. So if we upgrade something it's got a maximum weight. I think it's four percent for Bravo, which is a bit, I, probably a bit I hard, just
0: would make the, the opposite case, which is if you if you're not averaging down and you, you find yourself missing out on opportunities because effectively you're saying, Well I think this is gonna get cheaper, I'm gonna wait and often it doesn't and you miss out. So there's uh, there is an opportunity cost in not averaging down if you're gonna yeah, do it the yeah, other if way. Doing, so if, doing, if, if
1: you think if you think something's good value, then um, then you don't want to wait for a cheaper price. But then again, if the cheaper price eventuates, then it's a better opportunity. So you'd want That's a little right. bit more. So, so you know, buying in parcels is is the right way, subject to broken costs as well. I mean, if you, you don't want to be buying parcels that are too small, that it becomes uneconomic. So.
0: Mm um it's all is okay James I think we'll leave it there uh, it's great to have a stock that is uh, one of Australia's 10 best growth businesses but is currently on the buy list and also much cheaper than when we recommended it first recommended it a few months ago so thank you very much for the insights into that business and uh, we hope members enjoyed it cheers